off in 1 Corinthians 11 with uh, headgear for women. And, 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 and one of the things that we established was that we have to differentiate God's precept from the principle, from the problem in the passage. And uh, we establish that it, it's not God's will that women were told to wear hats. That's not God's will. That has nothing to do with the problem. The problem was subjection. Women were coming from the temple, and they were bringing dysfunction in the church. So we got to be careful as we interpret this word, and that's why we want you to be careful even with your commentaries. Commentaries are not written by God. The word is written by God. Commentaries is a man's opinion, and we have some real reliable commentaries, but we got to be careful when we, um, um, you know, look at this matter. Now, what I want to do tonight is begin this uh, phase of chapter 12, 13, and 14. We're going to start going through this, and I want to deal with this thoroughly, that um, um, the gifts, the pneumatikos, spiritual gifts, are God's supernatural enablements designed to edify, build up the body of Jesus Christ. These gifts are sovereignly given to each believer, and every believer has at least one spiritual gift. No believer has all of them. And these gifts are endorsements, endowments, which are designed to disciple, develop, and demonstrate God's work on earth. And there are three scriptures in which these gifts are found, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. And I, I want to I pass through some things tonight. After the resurrection, the Bible says Jesus led captivity captive, meaning he changed the destination of paradise from Abraham's bosom to heaven and gave gifts to men. Now, before I get started, and I know we've been over this, but I think I'm going to bring out some things tonight that you may not know. That um, there are three metaphors in the New Testament concerning the church, body, building, and bride, right? Three Bs, body, building, and bride. As the body, Jesus is the head, right? Yeah. Um, as the building, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And as the bride, Jesus will be the husband. Amen. He's coming back for a bride, for church without spot or without um, wrinkle. And one, one of the things about interpreting the word of God, the, the, the hermeneutics as we call it, science of interpretation, is that you keep certain things, no one scripture, 2, Timothy, 2 Peter 1.20, no one scripture is of its own interpretation, right? No, you, you can't take one scripture to justify a doctrine. Um, secondly, we know that the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed, right? And the, and the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. So everything in the New Testament it's somewhere concealed in the Old Testament. And as we move closer to the end, closer to the book of the Revelation, God is unfolding 
and disclosing new revelation until the Bible is complete. All I have to do as a Bible student is listen to you talk, and I can tell if you know what you're talking about. So all I got to do is just keep listening to you. Because if you're a teacher, if you're a preacher, all I got to do is just keep listening to you. And I'll know if you are rightly dividing the word, do you have this word together, the from Genesis to the Revelation, the um, um, covenants, the dispensations, um, the okonomas, which are very important. The okonoma is a Greek word for stewardships, the different ages. All of that is paramount as you go through the word of God. So uh, 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 when Jesus was born, it said, uh, they, they were saying that uh, with Moses, amen, Moses brought the law, but Jesus brought grace and truth, denoting different dispensations. Totally different, totally different. We are not ever asked to do what's under the law, and all scriptures for our information, but not our participation. Are y'all getting this? So, so with that, one of the things we, we need to establish, these metaphors of bodybuilding and bride, they apply to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And, and, and uh, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, the apostles were, in fact, the pillars of the church. Jesus did things with the apostles that he stopped doing. He stopped doing. And, and you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, just open the book of Acts. Uh, Peter and John tells a man paralyzed and crippled, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have. Look on us and in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You and I can't do that. I don't care how, I don't care how long you pray, how much you pray. Uh, uh, we, we can't raise the dead. We can't split an ocean. And because people want to believe that God can do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, it's not us putting restraint on God. It's God putting restraint on himself. And I, and I tried to define that, that uh, when, you, when you look at this matter of the New Testament, we have to understand that there are some new things going on that nobody knew about. Peter said that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently for this salvation, never found it. Never found it. It, it wasn't time. It wasn't God's will for them to find it. So one of the things I want to do tonight is I want to first look at three things and I want to look at the, and, and hopefully this, the gifts, the goals, the glue. I want to, uh, and that glue will ultimately turn into God's glory. I want to look at several of these things and try to get some understanding as to what uh, is being said. So what I want to do first is I'm going to ask you to turn to Romans chapter uh, 12. Turn to Romans 12. Amen. Turn to Romans 12. We'll look at this 
and we can have dialogue and look at this uh, um, that you got it? Now concerning spiritual gifts, now the word spiritual is pneumatikos in the Greek, pneuma from breath, and spirit is the breath of God. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I gave, I give unto you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. All right, so. Now Paul begins, in, and only Paul deals with these gifts. This is interesting too. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, meaning there, there, there are diversities. Now, I believe in my biblical position, Sister Arnold, that there are 19 gifts of the Spirit. Some say 18. I've heard some say 21. Um, I'm going I'm to justify to as, as much as possible the 19. And I understand the difference between 18 and 19 because there are two gifts that people interchange, and I'll get to that in a minute. One is the gift of ruling, the other is the gift of administration. And, and there are other people that will identify those two gifts as being separate. So there are diversities, diversities of gifts. Good night, Irene. How my glasses get down there. Amen. And uh, one thing, they ain't cleaning our lips. So there's diversities of gifts. Uh, I want you to see this. There are diversities of gifts, <laughs> but the same spirit. See the word spirit, pneuma? All right. And there are differences of administrations, but the same what? Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but the same what? So we see the Trinity is all involved in, these, in this matter of gifts, which work of all in all. All right. Um, let me, let, me, let me take a moment to talk about the Trinity. The triunity of God is not accepted by a lot of people. The Jews do not believe in the Trinity. That's why Jesus had such a hard time. Jesus said, my father worked and I work hitherto. And they, they thought he was blaspheming. Okay. Um, when you look at Psalm 110, it says, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, said to my Lord, small L-O-R-D, Adonai, sit at my right hand. The Trinity is all through the Bible. So we have, and, 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 and let me go back to this, Christians, Muslims, and Jews all come out of Abraham. Our commonality is Abraham. The reason we got so much stuff going on in the Middle East today is because of Abraham's sin. Ishmael is the father of Muslims, and Isaac is the father of Jews. And, and, and so they've been fighting, Palestinians, Jews, they've been fighting for hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years. They're half-brothers. They're half-brothers. Um, so one of the things that we need to understand is that um, when you look at Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal, for to one is given by the Spirit 
the word of wisdom. We're going to deal with these gifts, the word of knowledge, the word of spirit, by the same spirit, to another faith, by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing, by the same spirit, uh, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds, diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So that's what Paul says to the church at Corinth because they were struggling, again, problematic, with spiritual gifts. Okay, now, turn, turn to, turn, turn, turn to um, Romans chapter 12. Should have did that first. What, what, why are y'all laughing? Did I make a mistake? I said Romans 12 and I read from 1 Corinthians 12. Well, li listen, stop laughing. I'm over 50 and I'm on medicine. All right, all right here we go. So, so Romans chapter, Lord, I'm, I, uh, Romans chapter 12. All right, I'm glad you laughed. I'm glad you laughed. All right, Romans chapter 12. Um, verse, 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 verse four, for as we have many members in one body, that's the metaphor, and all members have not the same, what? Office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members, one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, we'll deal with that, ministry, let us wait on our ministry, he that teacheth on teaching. Verse 7 is interesting because ministry and teaching, Paul says, you need to wait. You need a waiting period before you do this. And ministry is where we get our word diakonos, deacon, or service. And the, the exhortation is you need to wait. I'll go back over that. Or he that exhorteth, on exhort, exhortation, he that giveth, do it with simplicity. He that ruleth. Now, in in my in my nineteen gifts of the spirit, I differentiate ruleth and administration. To me, they're two different things. And I'll I'll, I'll go over that with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. All right. So so finally, let me get this right. Ephesians chapter four, verse seven and eight, and then we'll go back. I think I got this one right now. Ephesians 4, amen, verse 7 and 8, and look what it says. Are you, are you with me? In fact, let's go to Ephesians 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one what? Now, that word faith is interesting. There's one doctrine not multiple doctrines. So because you belong to the Church of God in Christ, because you're Pentecostal or Apostolic or Methodist or Baptist, uh, uh, excuse me, the Bible does not identify denominations with doctrines. There's one Lord, one faith, and then one baptism. All right? One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, but unto every one of us is given grace, charis is the Greek word, according 
to the measure of the gift of Christ. In other words, God determines not only the gift, but the measuring of the gift. So everybody with the gift of teaching is not going to have the same measurements. Everybody with the gift of giving is not going to have the same measurements. Everybody with the gift of faith is not going to have the same measurements. It's sovereignly up to God. Are y'all are y'all with me? Now look at verse eleven. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers, for and here's where we're going. The goal is for the maturing of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints. In other words, the gifts are not designed for you and I to show off. The word ministry means I'm serving somebody else. I'm not being served. The word ministry denotes I'm serving somebody else. Key. Key. Now, look, look what he's saying. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So what I have up on the board is the gifts are given by God sovereignly to reach the goal of perfecting, maturing, equipping the saints for the glory of God that glues the church together. My God. So check this out. And and it's funny because when Paul is elaborating on this, um, there were some that came to Paul. You know, Apollos was a, a polished preacher. Apollos could use some words, man. And Paul, Paul, they said, you know, one comes of Cephas, Peter. Well, I'm in the, I'm in the Peter group. Peter is my favorite preacher. Paul is my favorite preacher. Apollos is my polished preacher. And Paul said, ain't none of them die for you. Meaning, it is not God's will for us to get caught up in human personalities. It's not his will. Now, when I was in, you know, Bible college and and, and when I was going to extend my education biblically, I had profs that I loved to sit under. There were other profs I didn't really care about sitting under, but I had to sit under them. And it's easy to gravitate to a certain type of teaching. Isn't that right? I, I love Dr. McGee, but he was dogmatic. That's why I love him, because he was dogmatic. And, and, and so we can't get caught up in cliques and groups uh, when it comes to teaching or preaching. So, so one of the things that's being said is that, uh, so, 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 so Paul's laying out this matter of gifts and goals and glory and glue and 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 he says in uh go back to Ephesians 4 right for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry of the body till we all come to unity of faith uh that we henceforth be no more tossed to and fro go back to 1 Corinthians 12 and then we're going to digest what has just been uh talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and check this one out, because now I'm going to pick up on something else that Paul is saying that's of major magnitude. Are you, are you with me? 
And this is it. Verse 14, for the body is not one member, but what? Many. And Paul uses these different parts of the body. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is therefore not of the body. The question, that's a that's 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 an obvious question. The answer is no. Here's what happens to the body. God has tempered our human bodies in a way that, and this probably happened to all of us, we go in the kitchen and touch a hot stove or touch a hot iron, and in a microsecond, a message is sent to the brain that this thing is hot, and the brain sends a message back, pull your hand off. So it happens like this. Ah! And then the, the, the message center of your brain, the CPU, says, take your hand off and scream. Ah! How fast do we take our hand off something hot? That fast. So the brain is, and that's why when people are brain dead, they can still be alive. They can still be breathing, breathing apparatus or whatever. But once the brain is dead, there's no function going on. Are y'all getting this? So one of the things that Paul is dealing with are the parts of the body and if the ear, verse 16, shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body, is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where's the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where's the smelling? But now God have set the members, every one of them, in the body. Now, these members that Paul is talking about are you. God has sovereignly set you in place. As it has pleased him. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Well, I want to be a preacher. Well, that ain't no, that's not for you to determine. God has sovereignly set us in place. You say, well, how do I know when I have the gift of teaching? Well, we'll get to that. If you're teaching a class and everybody going to sleep, you ain't got the gift. Just, uh, just wake up and smell the coffee. Um, my God. Now, we're going to differentiate gifts and talents, too, because you could be a school teacher and have the equipment of a teacher but not understand the word. And there are a lot of people that are school teachers that God has given them the gift of teaching. Because he's going to merge them pretty soon. Let's say I'm a math teacher, I'm teaching Algebra 1 or Trigonometry. That doesn't make me a biblical teacher in church, does it? But since I've learned teaching techniques and, and, and apparatuses and I, I know how to engage a class, uh, it could be that's God's business, that down the line God's going to expose, oh, you're a teacher. Now, i got to give you different information, different facts to teach. Are you getting this? So we, we just can't assume that somebody is a teacher of truth because James says, be not many teachers. You will receive the greater condemnation. And, and, and so Paul, Paul's laying this thing out of the body uh, as it has pleased him. And so Paul's whole argument in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to get to it 
Verse 21, if the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, no, much more, those members of the body which seem to be feeble are necessary. Well, and, 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 and basically what Paul's dealing with is you got upfront gifts that people get caught up in. Preacher, teacher, upfront gifts. And Paul says, that is not a barometer. Why? Because I'm standing up here now. You cannot see my heart. You can't see my kidneys. You can't see my liver. But without those three, I'm dead. There are some gifts that are not out front, but they're more valuable than the out front stuff. Your suit, your dress, your face, your makeup, you know, your headpiece, whatever you got on. That influences you. God says, I got some hidden stuff that he calls feeble that are more important than the stuff that's showing. And look at verse 26. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. One member's honor, all members rejoice with it. And you are the body of Christ, members in particular. And then he goes through this gift, this gift lift in verse 28. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, second, uh, secondarily prophets, third teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helps, governments, um, uh, diversities of tongues, and uh, all apostles. And so he, he's working up towards chapter 13 because chapter 13 says whatever your gift is, it ought to be exercised in love. Love is the greatest gift. All right. Now, here we go. Oh, when, I, when I got saved, I had no idea. I was not in a teaching church. I was going to a Methodist church. And the, the pastor was awesome. But I, there was no real teaching ministry. Um, I had no idea what my gifts were. And I went to prayer meeting one Wednesday night. And I was the only one there under 70 years old. And the mothers of the church said, they, they, you know they knew me. One, one mother from the church said, Raymond, come on up here. And I said, for what? I don't even know how to get to Genesis. Here's what she said. Um, you're a man and a man should be leading this group. Get on up there and open the Bible and we're going to help you. Little did I know that God was using that mother of the church to help persuade me that he had gifted me in teaching. Now, I had the responsibility to go get educated. I had to go, you know, and learn something about the Bible. So every night, because, I, you know, I lived alone, had my own place. Every night, I would turn on Harold Camping. And that's when he was kind of safe. He was safe in the 70s. He was safe in salvation anyway. No eschatology, no eschatology, no future things. I sit in front of my, I would turn, I was sitting in front of my radio three hours a night with a notepad and listen to people calling in. He would pull up scripture. I was right. I was, I was going to Bible study every Friday night. Timothy Ruffin, Beulah Baptist Church. And before he went to Beulah, it was Mount Zion. Or I was going to Bible study two or three nights a week. I was uh, da 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 da. And then the Lord led me in 1979 to go to Philadelphia College of Bible. I had to educate myself to equip myself with pop proper biblical information. So by the time I went to graduate school at LaSalle, 
and they were teaching world religions. I was sitting there telling the prof, you wrong. You're dead wrong. This ain't in the Bible. So we had it out. But my point was that God gifted me, but it was up to me to do something about the gift. Are y'all getting this? Y'all all right. Let's, 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 let's move back. So here we go tonight. And what I want to do is first, we have boiled down these gifts into three categories. Speaking gifts, serving gifts, sign gifts. It should be on the, there you go. So we're going to look at these gifts. Now, what we're going to determine is what is under the speaking category. Pastor teacher is a dual gift. You cannot be called to the pastor if you don't have the gift of teaching. Why? Because the word pastor means elder. He's the chief elder of the church, pastor. All right. He's the episcopos, epi, to look over. He's the presbyteros, benevolent ruler. And he is the, what's the third word? Episcopos, presbyteros. Where my preachers? Poimen. He's the feeder, P-O-I-M-E-N. He feeds. In order to lead and feed, you got to be gifted under this thing called pastor. Dual function. You're leading and you're feeding. You're leading and you're feeding. You're leading and you're feeding. Every pastor has to be a teacher, but every teacher is not a pastor. Are y'all getting this? So, so that's a dual gift. That's a dual gift. Now, uh, then teacher, the teacher is able to, amen, and I want to give this running definition, to compile biblical facts and clearly teach them. Clearly teach them. Clearly teach them. Clear all he is to communicate, she is to communicate, she is to clarify biblical facts. Now, all of the gifts are in the neuter in the Greek. N-E-U-T-E-R. Neuter means both men and women have the same gifts. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't mix that up. Men and women got the same gifts. I got the gift of pastoring, but a woman could have the gift of shepherding. So she's in charge of a group of people because she has shepherding abilities. Are y'all getting this? The gifts are in the neuter, but the offices of the church are in the masculine. What do you mean by masculine? Man, there's only two offices, pastor and deacon. There are no other offices Biblical offices in the church. Pastor and deacon. Pastor and deacon. First Timothy 3. Pastor and deacon. God says that these offices are in the masculine. I don't, I don't have a problem with women pastors. I, I, I don't go out here hunting people. The fact of the matter is, it's, you know, pick another battle. Pick your battle. That, that's not a battle for me. It's not. 
But if you ask me the question, I'll tell you no lie. No, I'm dead serious because I'm, I'm a proponent of the truth. So the offices of pastor and deacon is in the masculine. And, and you know, people start, well, Paul had a problem with women. And, uh, and you know, if, <laughs> if you think Paul had a problem with women, go home and read Romans 16. Everybody he thanked that helped him was women. All, it was about 20 of them. Trophisa, Trophosa, and all of them, you know. Um, no, or that was for the first century. No, God, God has, and, and you go back to 1 Corinthians 11, we covered last week, God has an order, God, Christ, man, woman. That's his order. It has nothing to do with men being smarter than women because they're not. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's, 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 it's what God says down. So we're dealing with gifts, not offices. If a man desires the office of a pastor, 1 Timothy 3, he must be the husband of one wife. God ain't struggling with uh, three bathrooms. God ain't struggling with three bathrooms. Y'all struggling with three bathrooms. Somebody need to preach it, Doc. And these little chump pastors and chump bishops and chump preachers, they just don't want to preach the truth because they don't want the ostracization of the congregation. Preach the truth. Preach the word. Just preach it. All right, leave it alone. Leave it alone. I went to preach at a Pentecostal church about 20 years ago, and then the, the, the mother of the church was so kind. She... Gordon, are you okay? I said, I'm fine, darling. She said, well, take your shoes off because we, we all in socks because we, we, we like being comfortable in the Lord. So I had to remember I had any holes on my, in my socks. I said, no. So I took, my, I took my shoes off. I was in the pulpit with my shoes off. And, uh, man, we had a time. I enjoyed myself. No, no problem. My point is, what is my point? This, this stuff is not personal. It's not personal. Um, I, 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 the Baptist church has one elder, the pastor, and then the deacon board. I initiated a board of elders here from a Presbyterian structural perspective, and I took all my senior deacons and made them elders who were loyal so that I would have a multitude of counsel of experienced men Amen. Because the word elder not only deals with spirituality, but age. That He says, don't make a novice a pastor. Not The word novice means don't take somebody young and put them in this position. They ought to have some experiences in life. They ought to have some age to them. They ought to have some stability to them, so forth, so on. So, so the fact of the matter is, is that we have, we have teacher... Somebody that can clearly define truth, teach it, and systematically put this stuff in order. That's, that, and, we, and we got some great teachers in this church, great teachers. Then, then notice speaking gifts, the word of what? Now, exhortation is the ability to deliver challenging words. It's a twofold gift. One is admo ad 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 <laughs> admonishment. 
which means warning. The other is encouragement. So people are gifted to encourage you. Sister Arnold, be, in, be encouraged. I'm praying for you to be all right. But there's another side to that gift. Admonishment means to set things straight. So you got people with the gift to set things straight. They come and say, listen, one-on-one, -on -one, I love you. We're praying for you. But listen, you need to get your life together. You need to get your marriage together. You need to get your house together. Admonishment. That's a gift. That's a gift. Uh, ain't nobody breaking their neck for that gift. And then, and then, and then the gift of the word, the word we're under speaking, the word of wisdom is the ability to have, you know, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, but it's a special gift of wisdom to apply knowledge to, and, and, and we oftentimes say the counseling ministry like Leroy takes a gift of wisdom because what they're doing, they're hearing your problems. And they're trying to take your problems with their gift of wisdom and give some kind of direction to help resolve the issues. It's a gift of wisdom. All right? Gift of wisdom. Gift of wisdom. Gift of wisdom. Um, hmm. Next, word of knowledge. And, and, and there are two different definitions here. One People say this gift doesn't exist anymore. I'll, I'll get back to that. Others said it's still in, in effect. It's the ability to systematize scripture. They got, they got insights and knowledge the average Joe ain't got. When you look at your, many of your people that wrote commentaries, like MacArthur and, and people like that, they're brilliant. They're brilliant in the scriptures. Whitecliffe. You understand? They're just brilliant. They, they can systematize from Genesis to Revelation. They can systematize stuff. And, and some say that's the gift of knowledge. Evangelists. Evangelist does not mean preacher. Evangelist means somebody who can clearly disseminate the gospel. Now, can they do it from the pulpit? Yes. Who has the gift of evangelism? Women and men. So if Sister Arnold says, I'm coming to speak so, uh, uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning, I am evangelist, Sister Arnold. That's biblical. So, uh, the evangelist clearly deals with um, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Evangelism. Are y'all getting this? Question, yes. Great question. That's signs, and we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. First of all, never listen to the world. They don't know what they're talking about. That goes for CNN and all the rest of them. They don't know what they're talking about. They, or CBN. They don't know what they're talking about either. So let's, let's just move up. So the fact of the matter is, and then prophets is another controversial gift. You got pastor up there. You got teacher up there. Now you got prophets. The prophet, the, the, the prophet 
in the first century was getting an ongoing message from the Holy Spirit as he was going from village to village. God was speaking to him because the word was not complete and he was prophesying based on future things and on present things. So some say that gift is no longer in effect. Others say it still, it still is in effect. So we got to kind of, you know, go through some of this. You know, you got teacher, pastor up there. You got the, uh, you know, word of knowledge. Now you got prophet. So those are what we call the speaking gifts. All right. Now, the serving gifts, the gift of giving. Uh, and I, I don't know how many people get up in front of the church that they have the gift of giving. But uh, there are people, even in this church, are supernatural givers. The gift of giving. God has given them the enablement. To just give to the Lord's work. In fact, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8 to the church at Corinth, in your much affliction, you gave liberally, which is convicting to us that don't give at all. Um, giving and tithing is never based on what you have, or excuse me, what you don't have, it's based on what you have. The whole premise is based on what you have. So, you know, look at that. But giving, there's a gift of giving. There's a gift, and it's not just money. It's people with liberated spirits that'll bring food around your house. You know, when I first came here as pastor, I had to laugh because I had members come up to me and say, Pastor, I don't have no money, but I, I grew these tomatoes in my garden here. And I said, oh, here's some corn. Don't say hit some eggs. That's from their home. I said, they keep this up. I had to go to ShopRite. <laughs> but they, they, were, they were giving as they had. Other, and, then, and then leadership, this word leadership is interesting. It's like steering a ship that when you look at this word leadership, it is, a, it is, it is somebody that has the ability to lead. Lead. Now, uh, when I get to administration, I'm going to come back to that because I have a gift of administration. Administration go two ways, people and projects. So you got people that can manage projects, but they can't manage people. And people that can manage people and can't manage projects. I know. We think we can do it all. Big difference in managing people. In managing projects, you go into an office, close the door, you're all by yourself, and you just put it on paper. Managing people keep you up at night. And you can't be political with everybody. Some people don't like you before you approve them. <laughs> Ran into that too. I, 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 one, one pastor shared with me, he said, he said he got called to this church and the chairman of Deacon Board was quiet. He was sitting in the back. He come up with these white shoes on. This is in Florida. And he said, Reverend, that's, that's, that's when they call you Reverend, they on the other side of the fence. Reverend, let's get this straight. I didn't vote for you. And since you live in a parsonage, this is, this is a true story. And since you live in our parsonage, me and the Deacon Board will be around tomorrow to pick out your carpet. Now, can you imagine somebody saying that to me? 
can, can you just imagine what I would say back? Let me tell you what I would say. Jesus loves you. <laughs> All right, leave that one alone. Don't get me started. All right, here we go. Um, leadership is the ability to lead. What are some of the qualities of a good leader? What are some of the qualities of a good leader? And then we'll see if they're biblical. Leader. Yes. Ability to listen. Okay. All right. Yes. Transparency. Okay. Integrity. Yes. Direction. You got to have a sense of direction. Where are you going? If I'm going to follow you, where are you going? Hello. Well, I'm praying about it. Well, I'm at it. I hate fooling with you. <laughs> you got to know where you're going. What, what else? What are some of the, yes. De- delegation. Uh, yeah. Curse word. Yeah. Patience. Yeah. Go ahead. Excuse me. Ability to serve. Absolutely. Yes. Ability to follow. Absolutely. Yes. Not quick to judge. Okay, we'll get to that. Yes. Organizational skills. You better believe it. Yes. Huh? Discernment. Absolutely. Visionary. Yep. Huh? Courage. You better believe it. See, here, here's what I... Look, look. Leadership is never you being political. You can't do it. You got to... Leadership is the fact that for others to follow you, you got to have the wherewithal of where you're going, how you're going to get there, and you got to be diligent within yourself, courageous within yourself. You can't be running around a church asking everybody every time they can hire you for their opinion, and that ain't leadership. That's politics. No, I'm serious. And 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 part of the problem in our churches, we don't have leaders. And a leader is not going to agree with everything. That ain't love. We got to separate that. You say, well, Pastor, I was wondering, can we do this? No, baby, that ain't part of the vision. Sorry, you know, we love you. Keep moving. That's leadership. Leadership is not saying, well, let me pray about it. That, that's not leadership. And, and you, you know, uh, I often say, if you want the applause, the appreciation, and, 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 and all that other stuff that comes, you are not a biblical leader. You're not. You, you, you just got to get that in your head. That uh, uh, Now, when you can, you, you cooperate with people, you become a consensus, you move, but you can't move waiting for the whole church to get on board. They'll never get on board. A leader's got to lead. Follow me as I follow Christ. Leaders got to lead, and 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 uh, so uh, leadership is 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 major. When God told Joshua, "Now take these people over this Jordan," okay, and uh, uh, there there's some um, Josephus, a Jewish historian, who's very uh, prominent in literature, Jewish literature, said the difference between Joshua and Moses. Moses was a humble servant. Now, Moses wasn't no chump. But when Moses died and Joshua took over, the people came to Joshua and said, 
We don't have no water. He said, dig a well. Why are you telling me? And you know, because he was a military leader. Joshua was a military leader. He, he, you know, he wouldn't, Moses prayed and hit the rock three times and water came out. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, and, and, and we all have different concepts of, um, of leadership. When I go away to the National Baptist Convention, 7 million Baptists, the guys that go with me will tell you, I don't have too much to say. Never did. I'll get in a meeting, I'll get in a staff meeting as a vice president. They say, uh, Gordon, what do you think? And uh, if, if, if what I'm about to say is something that I don't think is proper for me to say in front of everybody because I'm talking to the president, I have nothing to say. I'll, I'll see him later. So I, so I discern what I say publicly and I discern what I say privately. Then I remember, this is not St. Matthew's. This is a national organization made up of pastors. Are y'all getting me? So everything has a different context to it. I, I don't have that much to say. I, you know, I laugh and joke. I don't have much to say because God didn't call me to lead National Baptist. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very careful of what opinions I have in front of a lot of people, um, especially if the president is asking me a question. And I've had that, you know what I mean? And, and I, you just got to gotta use some wisdom. Uh, uh, so that, that's leadership. Um, gift of mercy. We got people in church that just get on my nerves. I don't care what it is. They just mercy. Pastor, now go on and forgive him. I say, okay, baby. And I'm a merciful person, but we got people with the gift of mercy. The gift of mercy. How many of y'all got the gift of mercy? Three, four, I'm, I'm trying to look at your face. Because some of y'all lying. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Gift of mercy. All right. Then, then of course, the gift of, of ministration. I dealt with that. Uh, the gift of faith. Uh, those people believe God. I don't care what's going on. Well, my house just burned down and my child is on the critical list. But I just believe God. They, they got something in them. That God has placed in them. They, there's, there's a faith that you would not believe. And then ministry is diagonos, which, which, which is the Greek word for deacon and minister. It's to serve others. Okay? And, and then uh, the discernment um, is the ability to distinguish between spirits, whether it's um, wicked or righteous, whether it's from Satan or from God. And God gives leaders... Discernment. They had discernment. I know everybody got discernment. I know a devil when I see one. Well, don't look in the mirror. But look at this. So anyway, you just, the fact of the matter is, B, those are the serving gifts. Now, the sign gifts is where all the confusion is. This is the confusion. Miracles. So when pastor gets on TV or in the pulpit and say, God is no longer performing. The word miracle in the Greek means to alter nature, to change nature. That's the Greek rendering for miracle, which means if you come up here in the wheelchair and, and one of your legs is missing or short, and I'm able to make that thing grow by praying over it, that's a miracle. 
Don't come give me Benny Hinn and all of them. I'm, I'm full with that. Some of that stuff is set up. You rolled up in the church, you got your $25 outside, and, and you know, you, you're going like that, and then he smacks you on the head, and you all of a sudden you're going like that. I ain't, I don't, 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 don't fool with it. Don't fool with it. Don't fool with it. Can God perform a miracle? Absolutely. Is God performing a mir miracles today? Uh, the answer is to me, God is not into these Can Jesus heal? He healed me. Jesus is sovereign who he heals. But is Jesus giving a man or a woman the ability to go into a hospital and turn ICU out? I'm going to touch everybody and everybody going to get up and walk. God ain't giving that. You ain't going to Atlantic City with no rod and sit there and touch the sea and the sea going to split. Your head will split. So when I say that miracles, anything that alters nature, God, is, God did in the first century to authenticate the apostles. They could raise the dead. They could heal the sick. Are y'all getting this? I'm taking medicine now. Why do I just don't go home and go, in the name of Jesus? You medicine demon. In the you nicotine demon. You, you drinking demon. You, you sexual demon. Get out of him in the name of Jesus. Now, you know why I do that so good? Because I did it 40 times. It didn't work. <laughs> look, 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 you sexual demon in the name of Jesus, all that lust that's in you, get out of him. And then after I smack myself, I see a pretty girl go, you can't, you can't do it. Because in this flesh dwelleth no good thing. I'm sick of these gymnastics. People sitting here with all these games. So, so, so that's miracles. We'll come back. Then tongues. Glossolalia. I got two minutes. I got up. I got in front of my mirror when I first got saved, and I tried. I tried to do two things in front of my mirror. I tried to hoop. That didn't work. And I tried to speak in tongues. And Baptists cannot tell you how to speak in tongues. Because you got to roll that stuff over your tongue. Arr you got to go. Arr Arr I got it. So people say, oh, he's just making fun. He ain't making fun of nobody. What? Paul says, I'd rather you prophesy in English than speak in tongues. So people can be edified. Why are you going to break out in the tongue when the pastor's preaching? He's preaching in English. I told one girl dear to me, she had children, she gave them all African names. And then she said, pastor, pronounce their names. And I mispronounced, she said, that ain't their name. I said, well, give them an English name. <laughs> Why don't you just say uh, Joe, Diane, Jimmy? You, 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 you come with something that... You know, like I'm in front of the temple, I, I, I can't pronounce that. I ain't responsible for that. I ain't taking that. What's your name? My name is Tawn, okay. 
That's, no, I'll deal with that. <laughs> they didn't want to get angry with you when you can't pronounce it. Can't go there, baby. Can't go there. Let's give him a nickname. Hey, Joe. So, and then the interpretation of uh, tongues, we'll get back. Then uh, healings, prophecy, ongoing message from God. We don't believe that God is dealing with these sign gifts anymore. And I've gotten into more arguments with people who say, you're wrong. God spoke to my heart. I said, baby, we ain't going there. Uh, Paul said, let every man be persuaded in his own mind. But they were taking these gifts and causing a lot of confusion in the church. It's not you that's healing anybody anyhow. It's Jesus. It's the name of Jesus that's going to release folk. It's the name of Jesus that's going to stop you from using drugs. It's the name of Jesus that's going to stop your paralyzation. It's the name of Jesus that's going to help your children come back home. It's the name of Jesus that's going to fix your marriage. Do I have a witness? So we got to be careful not to get so caught up in these uh, in, in, in endowments and what's going on today. In fact, when we come back, ho hopefully, we'll, we'll show you what 1 Corinthians 13 says. He says, and tongues shall cease. And the question is, when do they cease? Miracles will be done away with. When are they done away with? We, we got to answer that question, right? When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. We always use that as maturity in the natural realm. It doesn't mean that. It's in the context of gifts. When I, look, when I was a technon child, when I didn't know any better, I was speaking and thinking like a child. But once I became mature in the word, I started putting away childish things. What the heck I'm going to argue about baptism and tongues for when people are dying and going to hell? Are y'all getting this? It's, 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 it's not important. It's not important. So, well, any questions on gifts? Any questions on gifts? How many of you don't know your gifts? Be honest. Okay. We're going to help you out. How many of you have never been through discipleship? Never. Be honest. Be honest. Y'all lying. And anyway, we're going to try to open this thing up so we can get you in discipleship. Praise God. No questions? All right. Praise God. Stand on our feet. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you have sovereignly gifted us before we were born. Thank you, O oh God, that you're using our gifts to your glory, honor, and praise. Give us wisdom and warmth. Give us love and affection to love each other in spite of ourselves. And help us to do everything in decency and in order that you have given no one all the gifts. We need each other. We are a body. We are connected. When one hurts, all hurt. When one is uh, happy, all should be happy. Help us to think this way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor loves you. Thank you.